This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast, the podcast for ambitious women who are serious about business success and leadership development, keen to increase their knowledge and skills. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. This is episode six, and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, according to an article, Retailing Today, and that was published on HubSpot in 2014, 81% of shoppers conduct online research before making big purchases. So that leads us to asking this question. If one of your potential clients was doing online research, what information would they find out about your company and would it position your company as a leader in your industry? Now joining me on today's show is Jennifer Fantai. And Jennifer is a marketing expert. She's an entrepreneur and she knows how important it is to attract the right clients. She's turned floundering ventures into flourishing businesses by designing strategies that attract clients and build strong brands that reflect the culture of their owners. Jennifer has started, grown and sold various businesses including corporate gifts, clothing and training and she's established In Cahoots Marketing in order to share her expertise in marketing and business growth strategies. Jennifer also lectures in marketing and loves traveling to find new business opportunities. Now on today's show, Jennifer's going to share how we can double our business in six months through clever marketing techniques how to charge what you're really worth and make your clients want to pay you, as well as how to attract the right clients to make sure you only work with the people you love and so much more. So welcome to the show, Jennifer. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I think businesses today with everything that is at our fingertips, and you know, I'm sure we've all heard of the saying, the bright, shiny object. There's so much noise on the marketplace at the moment, particularly within many industries these days. So it can become very confusing and overwhelming to know exactly what we need to do in order to build a strong brand, attract clients with our marketing message. Yes, it's getting very, very crowded out there. Mm. And it goes back to the whole idea that there's just so much information. We're we're being bombarded by advertisement. Every time we get on social media, there's more advertising telling us what to do. Mm -hmm. So a lot of businesses these days are having trouble directing the flow of their clients to them because it's very easy to get distracted for us and for our clients. Yeah. And the statistic that you shared, I mean, that's really incredible. I mean, it's probably increased now. 81% of shoppers conduct online research. For many businesses, uh, and I'm sure many of the people that you speak to too, Jennifer, they're confused about how to really stand out online. And for some of us, when we go online, we're not really seeing or reading much about the organization at all. So in other words, it's very sparse. So 81% of shoppers, probably more so, means it's really important for us to have a presence online as well as offline too. It is. It's very important. I know 
you know, just think of yourselves, you know, mm. the last time somebody bought a fridge, they probably went into a retail outlet and then went home and, and Googled to see who had the best price. Yeah. So what we need to do is we need to convert our customers to understanding us, not just our products. Mm. So we can't just say, here's my product, buy my product. We have to develop relationships with our customers now. Yeah. So, you know, the old saying that people do business with people that they know, like, and trust it's more about the personality now and mm. being personal with our clients and understanding our clients rather than just selling products anymore. And I think also too, one of the things that, and, and you're going to be talking about this uh, in more depth today, can't wait to hear some more insights from you, but how to charge what you're really worth. And for many businesses who are going to be listening today, they may not just be selling products, but also services, so high-end services. And one of the things we don't want to be doing is getting into a pricing war because that kind of turns our service into more of a commodity, whereas an actual fact there's a lot of expertise a lot of training a lot of experience behind what we offer our clients so let's dive in how can we start to really increase our success in our business grow our business so through some of these clever marketing techniques one of the first things I say to people, if you want to double your business over the next six months, you have to make a real concerted effort in your marketing. And what happens often is entrepreneurs or business owners will have a product or a service and they know it inside out, mm. but they don't necessarily know how to market it. But you really, at the beginning especially, you should be allocating one full day a week purely to your marketing, mm -hmm. whether it's planning your, your Facebook ads or getting out and networking with people, but you really have to go, even if it's not in my comfort zone, I have to get out there because if people don't know you, they can't purchase from you. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of different things that you can do to focus on your marketing, but it really does have to become an essential part of your business. So yeah. if you're not comfortable with it yourself, you need to find somebody to help you do that. Mm -hmm. um, but really go, you know, I am going to get out there. I am going to market myself. I'm going to go to these networking events. I'm going to have every opportunity to speak to share my story, to get to know people, to understand my customers, you know, all these networking groups that are out there. And I'm not just saying physical ones, like your ones that you do online as well. Mm -hmm. So increase the conversation and really start looking at marketing as an essential element of the success of your business. Yes. Sometimes it can, can get a bit overwhelming, particularly if we're doing a lot of marketing, we're going to networking events, we're also leveraging our online communities and building good relationships there. Are there some things that we need to be mindful of so that it's not just, you know, that saying you throw mud on the wall and hoping that something sticks. So is there anything that we need to know about how to do it well so that the marketing that we're doing and the time that we're investing in marketing is really positioned us in the best possible way to have conversations with our dream clients. Yeah, there is a few things. I wouldn't say just throw the mud at the wall um, because you never quite know how that's going to work, but you need to actually sit down and work out a strategy that's going to say things like, I'm going to post this many ads per week. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to this networking event and really hone in on where you think your customers are going to be and try and be in those places. So even ad hoc networking, you know, dropping in here and there doesn't build relationships. You need to build your relationships. So you need to be going consistently to networking events and consistently to putting your ads up on Facebook or consistently, you know, if you talk to anybody, consistency is the key mm. for your marketing. So you get your, your message that's quite strong and consistent and it goes across all channels. 
Other little things you can do is, you know, post up your, your LinkedIn profiles and make sure everything's updated. But on your websites, make sure you always have a call to action. Mm. So tell people what you want them to do. And it could be just something simple like call me or book a free consultation or download this free information pack. But people need to know what you want them to do. So little things like that make a huge difference when you're trying to market your business. Yeah. You've had experience across corporate gifts, clothing and training. So product-based businesses and service-based businesses too. Are there any differences now? I mean, in 2017, when we're looking at our marketing, are there similarities and any differences that we need to be aware of if one business does have more of a product-focused business versus another that has services? We do have to look at things differently. When I had my corporate gift business, that was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. So that was sort of before social media Mm. really hit. So I was sort of at the the beginning of the online shopping idea. And but a lot of it, you have to you have to balance it. Sometimes I actually think it's easier to sell a service than it is a product because a service you can adapt so that's very much about yourself. Mm -hmm. But what I say to people, when you're looking at your marketing, you need to look at three different things. So you need to look at your paid, your owned and your earned marketing that you do with your clients. Mm -hmm. So divide them up into the three sections. So your paid advertising is your traditional advertising. We're actually putting it in a local newspaper or Facebook ads or anything where you're actually paying for somebody to see you, then you need to balance that with your own. So what your own advertising is, the things that you have control over. So that would be your website, your Facebook, your LinkedIn profile. Those are things that you have control over and you can update, make sure you're putting blogs on, make sure you're adding things regularly. Also make sure you've got your call to actions on all of these different things. And then the thing that's changed probably more recently in the last sort of six or seven years is we need to consider earned. Our earned media is what people say about us. So if anybody's ever gone for a trip to Europe, we jump onto TripAdvisor and we see what everybody else says about the hotels. So we're not just relying on what we're saying anymore. We need to rely on what other people are saying about us. Mm -hmm. So all of the reviews, the word of mouth, all of that comes under earned. So you need to actually look at all three. So you're paid, owned and earned and say, how is this all going to work for me? Yeah. So there are similarities and differences with your products and your services and your services. You need to add things like you know all of your money back guarantees and things like that and your actual services because you're not selling a physical product. Mm-hmm. So it can be a little bit different and a little bit difficult. And that's where you need to add things like your testimonials, your insight into what you understand, share your knowledge so that people will start to understand who you are and they're going to want to work with you not with someone else. Mm, Great insights. And I think what you were saying earlier about the consistency in providing valuable information. And obviously when you're, you know, providing exceptional work with your clients and they're speaking for you, all of that continues to really build the collateral around the earned uh, aspect of those uh, those three, the paid, the owned and the earned. Great insights. Let's talk about how to charge what you're really worth and make your clients want to pay you. I know for many women, men too, but I think women can certainly relate to this. It can be difficult to have that pricing conversation. We're good at talking about everything else, but as soon as we get to that, so how much is this going to cost me? How much do you charge? We kind of want to go and hide under a rock. Let's talk about this aspect. 
Okay, well, for starters, you have to look at you are worth money. What you have is of value and you need to really understand. Sometimes we're reluctant to put our hand up and say, I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know if you've heard about imposter syndrome where we actually feel like we're just faking it all the time. And it's really just a confidence thing. So instead of saying, you know, fake it till you make it, I just say, be it until you are it. Even if you have your doubts and everybody does. And for some reason, women tend to focus on this quite a bit and they're a little bit reluctant to charge what they're really worth. And I think if you sit down and you add up how much you've spent for all your, your training and your education, you've actually spent a lot of money on that. So you need to recoup that as well. So one of the ways of getting people to understand your business and charging what you're worth is telling people exactly who you work with. So if you want to work with people that say, you know, you're a manufacturing business that turns over a million dollars a year plus and you want to sort out your systems, come and talk to me. So that way you've already got a group that is expecting to pay you because you've already identified who they are. Okay? So if you can define who you want to work with and you can set your parameters so that they understand and maybe at the beginning start telling them, this is how much I'm going to charge. And if they don't like it, they move on to somebody else and they don't waste your time. Quite often, it was it's interesting when I work with people in the finance industry, um, bookkeepers and people like that, they undercharge the most, which I find is phenomenal because they're the ones that really understand the money. And some of them are charging $35 an hour. And I'm saying you you can't run a business like that. So when you are looking at how much you're going to charge, you need to take into account how many hours you're going to be working as in billable hours. So when we talk about billable hours, we're talking about face-to-face, somebody is paying you for your service. You have to also take into account if you're allocating one day a week to marketing, you're not actually making money on that, okay? If you're planning on taking a holiday, which if you worked in the normal normal world, you'd be getting four weeks annual leave, you would be having sick days. So you need to actually write down, how many hours am I going to actually work in a year? Your billable hours is not gonna be 40 hours. Your billable hours might actually be 20 hours. So then you need to work out how much you're actually going to want to earn that year And that's a way to work out what your hourly rate might be. So you need to take all of that into account. It's not just why you're seeing the client. That's so important because so often we don't take that into consideration yet. Even also too, sometimes, you know, speaking to prospective clients, marketing, all of that and professional development. Many of us, I know, particularly for in service-based industries and the finance for sure, there's always ongoing professional development that we need to go through in order to have our certifications continue and so forth. You know, an interesting metaphor I heard once Jennifer was about a a mechanic one a prospective client came in and said look I've got a problem with my car so the mechanic raises the hood looks under hmm okay went and got his hammer took the hammer and went whack and then all of a sudden the car started and it took all of like five minutes and he said that'll be whatever the price was and the prospective client said oh but that only took you five minutes he said I know but it's taken me 25 years to know exactly Exactly. where to take that hammer and hit it and so often we take that for granted don't we the many years that we have taken to develop our skills to where we're at Yes. And quite a lot of entrepreneurs, especially when they're first starting, they're so excited about their information that we tend to give it away Mm. and we shouldn't be giving away our information. You know, we studied this, we understood, you know, we did hours and hours of research and learning and trial and error 
we shouldn't be giving it away. No. And like that mechanic, he should be charging that man because you're paying for the knowledge. Yes. And quite often, and this is when we are looking at our services and, and even products, but to our services, let's talk about that. Often we look at, okay, well, it's only taking me X amount of time, but what time are we saving our clients the heartache, the ex additional expenditure yes. that they may be yep. losing through sharing even five minutes worth of our expertise or setting up the bookkeeping system so that everything is managed correctly and streamlined. Those are things that we really do need to take into account account when we're looking at charging what we're worth. It's our knowledge base. We think it's easy sometimes because we understand it so much, but it's actually quite difficult for other people. Mm -hmm. So like you say, with the bookkeeping system, if you can send up, set up a bookkeeping system, it might take you half an hour, but it might save them hundreds of hours of, of actual work. So there's so much value in that. Yeah. So part of understanding your clients, understanding what their pressure points are, like what their problems are. So when you're out marketing yourself, you're not actually selling your features, you're selling the benefits. Like mm -hmm. what can I actually help you do? I can save you hours of time by doing this. I can save you a lot of money by doing this. I can make your car run smoothly by doing this. Yes. It's not a matter of what or how long it's, what are they going to get out of it? People are only worried about, what's in it for me, mm -hmm. which is understandable. When you're looking for products and service, you want your life to be easier. So if you can find something that relieves their pressure or solves their problem, that's ideal. And that's what you need to be able to communicate with them. Yes. It's not about this is what I do. It's about this is what I can do for you. When we position our services in a way that is of incredible value and our client knows that we're going to cut time, we're going to cut expenditure, we're going to streamline whatever it is to solve their problems. The value in that is really what you're saying. The clients will want to pay you because they want the result that you're offering them, that you're promising them. Yes. Yes. And if you can tell them what the result is going to be yeah. before they start, they have something to look forward to. Even when you're collecting your testimonials, because that's another brilliant way to market yourself is collect testimonials from your past clients. Mm -hmm. When you set up your testimonials, don't just have them say XYZ business was fantastic. You want them to be able to say, before I worked with this company, I was this. And after I finished, I was this. Yeah. So really important for your services industries, especially to be able to say, you know, before I worked with this person, I was $10,000 in debt. After working with them and setting up systems and processes, I'm now paid off all my credit cards and I have, you know, $50,000 in the bank. Mm -hmm. And then people go, oh, there's a before and an after. So this is what my problem was. Then there was a, a help along the way and this was an outcome. So people love to see before and after. So remember that when you're doing your testimonials to ask for a little bit more of the journey rather than just it was fantastic working with this person. Like ask them what they got out of working with you. Let's talk about the last point about how to attract the right clients to make sure you only work with people you love to attract our ideal clients, the right clients. Life is so much easier when you work with your ideal client. Mm -hmm. It's just, we've always, especially in the beginning, we've all sort of gone, oh, I need the money. And we've jumped on to working with clients that don't match our values or our vision. And it can be very difficult to work with them because some of them will just never be happy. If you can work out who your ideal client is, and then you go out and find that ideal client. So when we talk marketing, we talk about ideal client profiles, or sometimes you hear the word avatar, where you actually sit down and go, okay, who is this person I want to work with? It might be female, this age, works in this area, has this kind of lifestyle. This is who I'm looking at working with. Yes. And then you try and find out 
where they are. Okay? Once you start getting your clients through the door or you know, you've been in business for a few years, what I suggest people do is sit down and look at your entire client list and break them down into A, B, C and D clients. So look at your A clients and those are the ones that you absolutely love and write down what you liked about those clients. And it might've been, they paid on time, they were on time for the meeting, you gave them some homework, they did their homework, they might've bought from you more than once, they might've referred friends to you and look at all of those things that you liked about those clients and then look at your D clients and go, these are the ones that I didn't particularly like, what didn't I like about these clients? Okay. And then you focus only on your A clients. So you call your A clients and you say, you're my perfect client. Do you know anybody else like you that might like to work with me? So a lot of it is not grabbing everybody because everybody is not your ideal client. Okay, so you want to find people that think like you, have the same values as you, they pay on time, they do their homework, whatever you're asking them to do, and then find more of those. Mm. Because then you can target all your message to those people and that way you only have to work with people that you love and that love you. And so when you're saying about um, reaching out and talking to those A clients, I mean, obviously we've collected a great testimonial and that's on our website and, and a story that we share. How often or, or is there a time frame that you would contact that person after you've worked with them or and is it just part of your standard process that you would follow up with them to see whether they've got someone? Is it an ongoing thing? How, how are you seeing that strategy best used? Best to be used as an ongoing strategy. Mm -hmm. So it is always going to be um, easier to work with people that you've already worked with rather than find new customers. It's very expensive to find new customers. Yes. So a couple of things that you want to do or a couple of ways that you can make money is actually get more spend out of the clients you already have yeah. rather than going to find new clients. So what I tend to do with my clients is I'll call them, I'll normally send them a gift either around Christmas or just after Christmas. And quite often I'm leaning towards after Christmas where you say, hope you have a great new year because we get to very busy around Christmas yeah. time. But mid-January, we sort of slow down, we start thinking business again. So stay in contact with them. You don't always have to ask them for things, but you can just say, here's an article I thought I might share with you. Here's some information or I saw this and I thought of you and just send them a little note every six to eight weeks. And it's what we call top of mind awareness. So they remember you next time they're thinking, oh, this is, that's right. That was that person. Cause you know, it's like you, you go through your Facebook and then all of a sudden someone says, oh, here, buy these sneakers. And you go, mm. oh yeah, I think I need to. Okay. That's what we just want to remind them. We're out there. Okay. Yeah. We're still here. If you need extra help, here we are, no pressure. And then try and build that relationship with them. So maybe every six months you might call them up and just say, just checking in, see how you're going. Is there anything I can do for you? Mm -hmm. It's not a sell. It's a, you know, is there anything I can do for you? Can I help you with anything? Yeah. A lot of it's in your terminology. Um, if you introduce a new service or a new product, you might just want to put it out there and say, hey, look, this is, this is what we're doing. So if you thought we only did X, Y, Z, now we do these things as well. Mm -hmm. And they might go, oh, Oh, you don't just do renovations. Oh, you, you build houses as well. Oh, well, you know, that sort of thing. So 
it's very interesting when you find out that people don't know what you do. A lot of businesses, their customers don't know their suite of services. That's right. And I love the way that you said it is very much checking in. And I love one of the quotes that we're going to be sharing on your behalf. And it's something that you very much believe in is this is when you say your business isn't about you, it's about your clients. And when you develop, uh, you know, one of the key values and principles of your business that you really do put the needs and, you know, the expectations of your clients first so that you regularly do check in, send them articles or things that you know that are going to be incredibly helpful for them, they're going to value that, aren't they? And they're more likely then going to be thinking about you and offering your services because so, so often everybody gets so busy that the only time of a lot of the noise that's online or even, you know, offline too, it's all about the business, business, business. But if we come on the scene from saying, you know, it's all about you, how can I support you? Is there someone in my network that I can introduce you to? That is going to stand out, isn't it? It does. It does. And it reciprocates a lot as well. If you're helping them, and like I said before, people do business with people they know, like, and trust. Mm. So when I'm saying contact them, you might just go, one of your clients, you might know loves coffee. And you might go to a new little coffee shop and then just send them a little message that says, oh, I was at XYZ coffee shop the other day. And I thought of you because I know you love great coffee. You're not actually selling them anything. You're just going, hey, I was out. I thought of you you might want to have a look at this. And then they go, oh, that person really cares about me. Yes. And it really is only, it's only a five second thing. You don't need to have a conversation. You're just dropping them a line. And then they send you a thank you and you've got another point of contact with them. You've shared so many incredible insights and they're important. You know, sometimes it is a matter of setting up a system, doing it consistently. And once we get that consistency, we can start to track and monitor what's working really well for us and changing, you know, adapting what maybe needs to be changed a little bit so that we can bring that up to date as well with some of these, what you've called clever marketing techniques. One thing I'd love to ask before we get you to share how people can get in contact with you, uh, in your bio, it says you, you lecture in marketing, but you also love travel to find new business opportunities. Where's the most incredible place that stands out for you that you've traveled and were able to find a, new, a business opportunity? Is there anything that stands out for you? Um, well, I did a few years ago, sort of, well, probably about 15 years ago, my husband and I went to um, Miyama and just looking at the way people function and yes. systems that work over there was just incredible. And we came back with so many ideas of, you know, because it was a closed country back then, you know, should we import? What should we do? Mm. Um, and I, I must say the other thing is food. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be going, oh, are we all going to start drinking iced coffees? Or, you know, what's the next thing we're going to be eating? Like, you know, should we all have these tiny little gourmet delis? Or it's a real eye opener for me when you just travel around, you just think, Oh, what are these people doing that we're not doing yet? Yes. And seeing how fast, you know, or is it going to eventuate? And, you know, my iced coffee one was, oh, I don't think we're going to drink iced coffees in Australia. And then, you know, a few years down the track, there's iced coffee. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? And I think as business owners, and especially we're talking about marketing, we need to be really on the lookout, uh, maybe across other industries. What are they doing really well? What can we use and harness and leverage? Obviously, we may need to tweak to make it relevant to our industry, but what's working really well then sometimes it can really cross over you know brilliantly yeah. and be able to tap and when into you're that. doing research don't ever disregard other industries mm. like look across all industries and that can become your point of difference rather than focusing just on your industry you know if you're a yeah. if you're somebody that does training 
maybe look at the entertainment industry and go, what are they doing? How can I bring that into my training? Or, you know, can I bring comedy into my training business? Mm -hmm. So it's about looking across all industries. Yeah. And keeping an open mind and then seeing how can I adapt that? Just like the the iced coffee business. Is there something that an industry is doing that you can now leverage? And it, you'd be seen really much as a, in a disruptor in your space if you're able to integrate that with what you're already doing. It can be a real standout for how you're delivering your services, for sure, yeah. if you're able to do that. Jennifer, how can people find out more? How can they reach out to you? They can go into my website at incahoots.marketing or feel free to give me a call anytime. I'm on LinkedIn and I've got email, um, Facebook. So any way they can find me, happy to sit down and have a 10, 15 minute conversation with anybody just to see if there's any questions I can answer for them or guide them in a bit of a direction. Happy to chat or network. I'm always at the um, Business Women Australia events here in Perth and eventually moving to Melbourne and Brisbane a little bit with these events as well. Oh, fantastic. And I uh, hope to one day meet you in person too, Jennifer. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, again. And uh, that brings us to the end of another show. I know you've taken down lots of notes. So start to take action on some of those and see how you can leverage that within your business with the marketing that you're doing. Now, if you want to find out about Business Women Australia and how you can become part of this dynamic collective of leaders and learners so you can gain the knowledge and skills that will enable you to succeed in business. All you need to do is go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au. Hi, it's Anne-Marie. Have you enjoyed listening to the show and have thought about creating your own podcast so you too can become an influential voice in your industry, but you just don't know where to start? I've created a special gift just for you. It's my free mini training, Podcasting with Purpose, where you'll learn what you need to do to stand out, be heard and influence your audience from your very first podcast. I'm also giving you my step-by-step -step podcast production workflow checklist, including the tools I use, as well as a checklist of no-cost and low-cost tools to get you started. To access, go to annemariecross.com forward slash mini training. That's annemariecross.com forward slash mini training.